Thanks for joining us for another intriguing episode of the Stack Pack. Perhaps you can help solve a mystery. So you're seven and seven? Seven and seven? You're like a fucking middle school girl. <laughs> They're delicious. Yeah, if you're going to uh, if you're going to a boy-girl party. <laughs> I'm planning on kissing all the boys. <laughs> no, like a boy-girl party. I just meant like a middle school like makeout party. Yeah, and I said I'm gonna plan on kissing all the boys. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, uh, welcome, welcome to another wonderful edition. What's up, guys? With a stack pack for another week. Uh, this week we're covering season two, episode seventeen. Um, we're almost done of Unsolved Mysteries, the Robert Stack edition, of course. We're reaching home plate here. Yeah, we're about to finish up season two. Uh, I'm your host, uh, David Howell, joined by my other hosts. Uh, Home Dan, currently sitting across from me. Yeah, Home Dan, back home. In El Paso for the weekdays. Um, and Eli, what's up, dude? Eli, Elias Dominguez. You know. Our very uh, own Big same, Bad Vinyl Dad. Same time, same channel. Same stack channel. Si- same same place. city. Same. same city for me. Yeah. Um, and this week we're covering an episode that was featured in like February of 1990. So yeah, we're just, we're crawling into the '90s here. We're slowly crawling into the '90s. Uh, this first case is a lost loves, and I don't I don't know. I feel like anytime they want to find anybody, it's a lost loves. But I don't really think anybody was like in love with anybody here, or you know, it wasn't like you know my daughter or my father or my wife. Yeah. No. So this is a guy named Jim Burkowski, and he's from Grand Junction, Colorado. He's happily married and has two sons, and he's got a wife who that. Has a name that rhymes with a female body part. <laughs> We're not going to tell you what it is. You just have to guess. <laughs> Mulva. <laughs> what? What is her name? Dolores. Dolores. <laughs> Mulva. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, anyways, go ahead. Um, so he's happily married with two sons, um, and he uh, actually was a Vietnam vet. He lost his leg during the war, and um, this is a story of about how he kind of recovered from that, and uh, about a nice lady named Captain Linda Sharp, who nursed him back to health and gave him the will to move on and to keep living after this awful shit happened. I to must him. say, the photo of her in in, in uniform. She looked quite sharp. She does. She, she looked quite Linda sharp. She looked quite Linda. So, yeah, she gave him the strength to return home to his wife after he lost his leg. Um, yeah. So in 1987, uh, he gets drafted. So in September of 1967, he gets uh, drafted to the Army. He's uh, He goes through training, and he's about to get sent to Nam when he asks Dolores to marry him over the phone. Said he waited in the rain for over four, four hours. Four hours, yeah. At first, like, when they were discussing, they were kind of hinting. And I was just like, this guy did not fucking, like, propose over the phone. Like, that is so not romantic. Then he's like, I waited for over four hours. Like, damn, that's, all right, never mind. He also did ask her twice before. Yeah. He did ask her twice before, and she did turn him down the, the first two times. And, yeah, it was it's romantic. He's about to go to Vietnam, and he's about to get shipped off. So she agreed, and they got married right before he left. And a week after they were married, he gets sent off to Vietnam. She won that yeah. PX card. And he was supposed to be gone for a year, I think she says. Yeah, just about a year. So um, within three months, he's wounded twice. One wound in the jaw and one in the leg. They don't really specify. And then two days before, um, he's supposed to go home, back to his family, they're attacked by the North Vietnamese, and this is a really uh, outnumbered fight. He said there was about sixty on his platoon, and there was there might there might have been two between two fifty and three hundred Vietnamese uh, that just wiped them out. They just didn't have yeah. a chance. Wiped out his entire company. He said. Yeah, he says he he says he remembers reaching for his weapon and then just getting blown thirty feet, and then um, and reaching for his leg that had been blown off, and then had to crawl back up the hill. Yeah, probably the most intense part is he said he just grabbed his leg and tried to get up the hill. But you could tell, like him retelling the story in his face, you could see there was visible. That's trauma. fucking chilling, like, man. Yeah, it's the, like, there's yeah. no blemishes there. That's like straight up like a living Rambo right there, just fucking. Yeah. Damn. 
No, yeah, it's no fun. This is no ghosts or aliens. This one's kind of a bummer. So his wife gets a letter in the mail that his uh, leg was amputated, and they said they'll update him and let him know if uh, if they have any more information. They yeah. Then they airlift him to uh, Mash four oh seven seven and uh, Klinger and Hawkeye <laughs> and Radar and Father Mukagi and Hot Lips. Oh, what was and, what was uh, Klinger and what? Linda Sharp? <laughs> so that's where she came from. That blonde chick. What was her name? Yeah, the nurse. The head Hot nurse. Lips. <laughs> Yeah, and then they had the they had the guy that never like, wanted like didn't want to be in the war, so he'd always like wear dresses and like had yeah, some Klinger. Klinger had some type Klinger. of weird fucking scheme. Like he he always wanted to get dismissed. Bootlegging porn for the <laughs> Dishonor- soldiers. Dishonorable <laughs> discharge. <laughs> I had to throw the match joke in there. Yeah, I've My- never It's a great movie a great TV show and a movie. Well, yeah, yeah. So he gets sent to MASH or whatever the fuck you said. I don't get it. But anyways. <laughs> Mobile Army Surgical Hospital. Yeah, um, that. So, um, and then he remembers waking up and seeing this nice nurse staring up at him. She was really nice and encouraging. And she even promised him, uh, he, he had to like sit in these baths to get his temperature to go down. Yeah. After she he healed. Night, she promised him an ice cold Cold one. Yeah, a nice, a nice cold, cold cella. Um, and um, if you get your temperature down, I'll wheel you outside and we'll have a beer under the stars. You know, I, I had to find it strange in the in the reenactment, the her pickup line, like, "Am I cooling you off?" <laughs> they, I, I missed that. No, I don't. Did think they throw she said that in that. there? No, like as she, she said, pours she the said, ice, she's like, "Is that cool enough for you?" No, she said, "If you're not cool oh. enough already," and then she puts more ice in the oh, tub. Oh yeah, if you're not cool enough already. I don't. I didn't find uh. it sexual. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So he regained his former spirit, and um, he's all they, in the reenactment. They show him joking. He's like, oh, "I'm gonna dance out of here." <laughs> like, okay. Um, and then one night, uh, she keeps her promise and wheels him outside, and they have a beer under the stars. Yeah, and then she writes to his wife, right? So one of the conditions for him to be released is he had to write a letter home to his wife, like explain like what type of condition he's in and like you know what to expect. Which is weird. It, oh, and, that's right. And it's that's it's, right. it's kind of like an, a way to for like the spouses to like emotionally prepare for what what's about to happen. And they were talking about it over beer that you know he doesn't know what to say and he's just like and she was just like well you know the first thing is is you just let it come out one word at a time and eventually you're going to you're going to find a way to say what you need to say so it's kind he, of a cop out like uh, advice like yeah. you start one word at a time but anyway <laughs> she gave him courage to write his wife and in the meantime it turns out that he she had actually written uh Jim's wife Jim John Jim um Jim uh, yeah, and um, kind of let him know that his spirits were high and he was doing really good, but he was, uh, yeah, he was really hurt. Yeah, one one thing that she says in the letter, I, I don't know if the letter's verbatim, but in the nurse's letter to the wife, she says, uh, hard work and help, not pity. Like, you know, just be there for him, but don't pity him because that doesn't help, you know, when people are just feeling bad for you. So, um, and she says, she even says she always wondered, she'd always like to know why she actually wrote the letter. Uh, P.S. We never get an answer to that question. But anyways, <laughs> uh, so he he finally went home, and she was there to put him on the helicopter and wave him off. So she kind of had a free willy moment. You're free. <laughs> so he, <laughs> so apparently he had blacked out Nam, and uh, he didn't even want people to know that he was in uh, Vietnam, and he he just didn't want to think about it at all. Yeah, he'd rather have people assume that he lost his leg in a horrific car accident than being, you know, a, a war hero in a sense. Yeah. Which is weird, yeah. And um, they're, they're talking about a new thing called PTSD, which was not a thing until, you know, yeah, like 20, 30 years ago. It wasn't like a recognized thing. But, yeah, he was definitely suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder um, for a lot of this time. And he and he thought that this would kind of close that chapter if he would get to meet this nice nurse again. So, update, <laughs> she saw a commercial for the show. Damn, fucking Unsolved Mysteries is so good. Couldn't even wait. Until the show actually aired. They don't even need a full episode to solve a case. They don't. Just a commercial. That's so crazy. She saw an ad, and um, she uh, called the telecenter, and a week later she reunited with Jim, and it was lovely to see. And she was real sweet and said how, uh, you know, as nurses you never know how you impact people's lives, and it was nice to know. She had no idea how, what a positive in- effect she had had on Jim's life. Yeah. 
And then he gave her like this Star Wars looking plaque. Oh my god, that <laughs> plaque was righteous. It, yeah, it, it looked like a, a mix of like was this mural? Yeah, like eighties movie poster mixed with something you'd get from like a nineties like ma- school magazine. You know, like like you yeah. remember those nineties school magazines where you could just order a glow in the dark shirt that had a wolf on it or something like that. Oh, that's right, <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> But that's what it reminded me of a lot. Um, just weird. The scholastic ge- order form. Weird generic, like, uh, <laughs> like cool art. You know, I don't know, like 80s cool guy art. Yeah. Um, but I got she, you. I got but you. she liked it. It wasn't for me. She liked it. <laughs> yeah. So that's all that matters. Oh, I would have cried like a baby if somebody had given me such a thoughtful gift like that. It was like pictures of her nursing and stuff. So, yeah, uh, that's a happy ending. It is. There's no more lost loves. They, uh, they remained loves. They remained friends up into his death in '99. Yeah, he died like nine years. Right, that was that was part of the update. Was yeah, like he died nine years. And even after his passing, she stayed in touch with his wife and uh, kids. Oh, that's nice. That's sweet. That's that's you know that's kind of a nice. That's the first time you've ever had like a real. All right, let's talk about this bitch ass granny. I'm sick of talking yeah. about uh, lost loves. Scamming granny. <laughs> what right. did I say? What did I say that they use? They ter- they use the, the crafty term granny. This, something crafty, I've crafty always granny. wanted. Crafty granny. Yeah, yeah. You could do crafts with her. She'll make this your fruit cakes. All right. Gertrude Pruitt, man. She was a the original well, OG hustler. Yeah, she Dude. was a. She ran a true old Trudy. Uh, ran a flourishing investment business in Beverly Hills. Um, you you know where this you know where this is going. Um, the sweet little old lady, everybody loved her. Um, before we talk about this, I'm confused at what her business was. So they say it's a flourishing investment business. And then the other investor says that she's like a carpet. Yeah. So like, so, carpets, so like what she was or? doing is she was going to these people, these investors saying like, you know, I have this, uh, carpet company coming online in, in the South and they need investors to, to start up the, the main production line. And to show you that it's a profitable business, like they've signed contracts with national hotels to carpet out their hotels. So, like she, she's getting startup capital. Okay, that makes sense. Because I was confused. I was like, what, what kind of business is this lady in? Yeah, I didn't get that either. I'm glad Dan cleared that up. Thank you, Dan. No worries. So um, she made everybody fruitcake, apparently. And nobody fucking likes fruitcake, Trudy. Dude, everybody hates including, fruitcake. Including her banker was saying like... He said, I'm not, he said, I'm not a big fruitcake lover, but hers was delicious. I'm like, damn. Yeah, what, was this guy's, what was this guy's name again? Mr. Uh, Ponytail? I wrote his name down over here because he had a good name. It's like Ulysses? Yeah, yeah. It was something like that. Cornelius? Cornelius. I think that's what it was. No. <laughs> it, was something, it was something to that effect. It was something real... Real weird. His buttons on his vest were screaming for help. His, his his clothes did not fit this gentleman, this poor bastard. He was their banker, and, right? And, and what's even better was that he, he acted out his own reenactment. Yeah, he was their banker. Yeah, he did. Re- <laughs> he totally did act out that shit. That was him. Like, I, I, I even looked back. And then, and you know what's funny is like, when, when when they when he was first talking about Gertrude and like you know all the shit, I was like, he he's a baldy guy or whatever. And then you see like that like little bit of hair like, and you're like, oh shit, yeah. man, he's got a ponytail back there. I know it, I know it. It's pulled up. It's you know it's pulled back, but I can see those straggling little hairs. He's hiding, yeah. he's hiding something back there. He's hiding a little nineties treat. Cecil Truchelle. Yeah, or yeah, Cecil yeah, yeah. Cecil Truchelle. Old fucking Cecil with the ponytail. (laughs) Old Cecil. Yeah, motherfucking Cecil. Yeah, he's talking about how he's not a big fruitcake fan. Uh, But hers was delicious. delicious. Yeah. Uh, Hey, baby, want to eat my fruitcake? All right, sorry. Um, So. (laughs) You're right there. God damn it. Oh, man. I almost spit my drink. I almost spit my drink back into my glass. So, um, so um, old Cecil liked eating this old crook granny's fruitcake. Yeah, he loved it. He loved that. He loved her dusty muffin. Is <laughs> 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 a Betty White SNL sketch? Um, anyway, so he took everybody. Um, Robert Stack even says, "If you if she didn't cook for you, she always made sure you were fed." 
And she's like, why don't you take him over to the restaurant? They have awfully good food. Why don't you go take him on this investor? Like, go to take him out for, for lunch and they can talk right. about it. Because the investors were kind of weary, of, obviously, as anybody would giving a, a large amount of money to some stranger. But she just... She just had this way of making people feel comfortable. So oh, like, yeah. She was very hands-on with her clients. Like, she would often employ, like, hired limousines to pick up potential investors to bring them to her office. Her office was very immaculate. And, like, she just kind of ran it as, like, you know, a southern whorehouse in a sense. You know, yeah, and she was southern. It. I was going to say. And she's southern. She's got that, like, southern charm going on. Yeah, It was like sure. southern hospitality is how she duped you. Um, and um, a perfect example of that is her investor that – doesn't want to be named. We'll just call her Myrna. And she, as Robert Sachs says, um, had a weakness for charm and fruitcake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that was great. Oh, it's the fucking trifecta. She, she, actually, it's only two things. She loved the fruitcake. No question she about that. She a bifecta then. So, but she did say the first time she met uh, Gertrude that... Um, she thought that she was being sized up by the lady at first. Yeah. And it, it, what's great in the reenactment, the lady that plays her comes down the stairs and is like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, 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 like kind of like watches her for a second. Like undresses her with her eyes. Kind of like gives, gives her the old once over. And then like turns on this like, oh, yeah, I got to be Southern right now. Oh, you want to know what I found hilarious is like when we're first introduced to uh, to Gertrude in the reenactment, she's like walking down the hallway holding a... Uh, a fruitcake on a tray, and it yeah. made me instantly think of like Mrs. Doubtfire with the Yuva Janaya Doubtfire. <laughs> Tootaloo! <laughs> um, but of course, once the sweetness and warmness and good business acumen set in, um, Myrna forgot all about this sizing upness. And she said she initially invested like 20, she said 20,000. Um, after that, after she saw that people were getting interests back and getting like, you know, yeah. dividends because they showed her the financials, right? They showed her the paperwork and they were showing like, yeah. Hey, this is, you know how much money we're all making. And she's like, everybody's making money. Why not? Like, why not put more money into this thing? Yeah. And then she, so this lady totally just put more money. She doesn't say how much, but she's probably, you know, obviously she's embarrassed because she's doesn't want us to know her real name. So wait, how much does it say that she initially invested? Twenty thousand. They estimated a hundred thousand dollar investment total is what she yeah, lost. Y- yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Harold, uh, what, what's her last name? Harold was her son. Pruitt. Harold Pruitt. Pruitt was her son, who apparently would just hang out in the office, and no one could quite figure out what the hell he did. Right, and my favorite and he- line about Harold is that. He's not the kind of guy you'd buy a used car from. It's so he weird. just wasn't very just. That's what Cecil says, right? Yeah, and he said he's like, not Cecil's very, like he's not the kind of guy you buy a car from. What? Yeah, he's just not very trustworthy. He just didn't. I don't know what he did. He was the muscle, maybe? I don't know. Well, they also say that he was a super big ass dick and she was a big ass sweetheart. It, it sweetheart. was the whole the good cop, <laughs> bad cop routine. So the banker who hates fruitcakes, a.k.a. Cecil. Um, said that Harold was like mad shady, and then Myrna's checks, or you know, not real Myrna, not Myrna, and then not one of Myrna, not, Myrna's not Myrna's checks had bounced. Oh man, this is great! And uh, and what did they do to fix it? Um, she actually didn't. I guess she says she didn't want to believe that it was con that, that she was being conned. And then Robert Sachs says that she was sent home with the fruitcake, and then and made a, a date for lunch the next day. Hey, somebody just commented back and she says, I'm, I'm not a big fan of fruitcake. <laughs> really? But they're delicious, to be honest with you. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Literally, as you said that, it says, Coat, at Coat Jones on Instagram, oh. <laughs> replied to your story, I'm not a fruitcake lover, but they're delicious, to be honest with you. Uh, yeah, shout out to that guy. He's, he's, he's always He's great. Yeah. Um, we... we um, yeah, it's because I just posted on our story um, a screenshot, and I had to, I put Crafty Granny. You know, <laughs> I thought the Crafty Granny part was funny. Um, yeah, it's super funny. So yeah, so she goes in and she starts talking to them about, hey, something's wrong with my check. Like my check bounced, and you know, old Crafty Granny smooths things over with some fruitcake. Oh, you know what? My son Harold just deposited a big check. Maybe it hasn't cleared quite yet. No, let's just get you some fruitcake and you go on and get home. I, I did so- I'm sorry about that. Yeah, I'm sorry. 
That's not like us. So the accountant's um, ledger and the and the sorry the accountant statements, bank statements, and the statements that were being shown to the investors were definitely not matching up. And banker Cecil noticed this, and he says what he would do is he would go in on like midnight raids. Yeah, <laughs> not looking for fruitcake. And not he would remove evidence. He he would yeah he would go through files and find all the shady dealings and until he actually. Uh, uh, confronted Harold, right? Yeah, he had about. He waited until he had about four boxes of. He said, "Yeah, he had boxes full, right?" Of, like of canceled material checks and before stuff? he went to uh, went to Harold. Harold and was just like, "Hey, like you, what the fuck's going on, man? Like you know, like you got to tell your <laughs> you got to tell your investors, like you know, you're, you're fucking frauding them. If you don't tell them, I'm going to the cops. So you're gonna rat me out? <laughs> yeah, um, that's exactly what he did." But yeah, they, the, apparently Myrna was not the only one who had their checks bounced. Oh dozens. yeah, no, no, yeah. Like short, shortly after after Myrna leaves the office, um, their switchboard lights the fuck up of people complaining that their their dividends checks have bounced. Yeah, and then what do they say? That all uh, all Gertrude and and Harold made themselves scarce. They made themselves scarce. Yeah, what does that mean? They just weren't around. It the means that they just weren't around. They, think they, they just, just dipped yeah, they out. Just, they were like not. They weren't around. They made themselves not available, and they were all. The, you could tell the switchboard operator was like, "Are they come? What, what they want to talk again?" And they're like, "Oh, they're not here." It's like, ugh, fuck. <laughs> Visibly upset. We and, just got fucked. We're not getting paid this week. And then a little bit later, they they take off and take all the money, take all the investors' money. So Harold gets caught three years later. And he's arrested um, and sentenced to eight years for a bunch of mail fraud counts. Trudy, old Gertrude, nowhere to be found when this segment airs. Um, but it took a couple minutes after the segment aired because minutes after the story aired, people called and um, she was identified. She was she was arrested in Bakersfield. Uh, housekeeper, right? Yeah. yeah she was a live-in maid for the singer of Corn. She was a live-in maid. <laughs> For the singer of corn, and her name was Martha Gray. Why the, the singer? Why corn, the singer why of corn? Because that's where they're from. Bakersfield. Yeah, they have he a must have, corn ab. He must have been like what twelve, fifteen at that point. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you don't know. <laughs> you don't know. You don't know. So she was sentenced to eight years. She got out, served time, and died. Yeah, she died in two thousand ten. Yeah, and he only served like what four years? Four something years, something like that. Four out of his eight-year sentence. Did she serve eight years? She served six. Well, it, it says that as soon as she left, they flew out. They flew out to some uh, uh, some different part of the world, and then then they came back and relocated in Bakersfield after like kind of the the heat settled, the dust after the dust settled. Yeah, so that's Trudy the crafty granny. Trudy the crafty granny. Trudy and uh, the money. What happened to the money? Still, they said that she was supposed she to, pay to pay it. She had to, she had to pay back the investors, but initially the money was not recovered. Yeah, so that's what I thought. I mean, do you think ever? Do you think she actually ever paid these people back? They don't get all their money back, but they they I'm get like a portion sure no. of it. I'm gonna say no. Yeah, weird. Crafty Granny's six feet under, which is more than we can say about this next banker who is not. Six talk, feet underground. Talk about a rough, rough night, man. Dude, this is the one man that the reenactment kind of stayed with me. I was like, Jesus. Uh, this is this this one is pretty dark, but it's really interesting. Yeah, so this is a terrifying like home invasion uh, conspiracy. Oh, God. This is an unexplained death. Eight thirty a.m. October sixth, nineteen eighty nine. A bank employee arrives to um, her respected uh, place of employment. And notices that the bank door is unlocked. She goes in and the vault is literally wide open. Alas, the bank has been robbed. Ding! <laughs> Turn the page. <laughs> um, so they figure out, they, they find two bullet casings at the scene and $70,000 is missing. There's a bunch of, I think, coins and some valuables missing too, right? Uh, it, it was all in cash and coins, but I thought it was funny, like, you know, Robert Stack's like, they took approximately seventy thousand dollars. Some of it was in coin. Right. 
It's like, was it like in pennies or like was it Was it like like a single coin? They took like a $20,000 coin or like. Or like some some like Kennedy dollars or like what what are we talking here? Like like collectible coins? Are are we talking Morgan Morgan silver dollars here? Are we talking. uh, um, Sacagaweans? You know. (laughs) Schmeckles? Are we talking Schmeckles? Some. uh, Are we talking rubles? So they call the cops and. um, they're trying to reach uh, bank president Dan Short to no avail. They can't get a hold of him. He's nowhere to be found. They check his house. They can't find him. The police actually start to suspect that, you know, maybe he was the one behind the bank robbery, as in in the thick of the night, taking a bunch of cash and just skipped town. <clears throat> he, was, yeah, like he was a mastermind. Well, he was. I mean, I think the way they support that theory is, I mean, he was 51 years old. He um, was recently divorced to his wife that he had been married to for over like for over 20 years. 23 years. And, and he had been the the president of this bank since 1983. So that's um, you know that's a good long time. And he was kind of he was. They said he was popular. They don't say that he was liked. They say that he was popular around town. So October 11th, which was what like five days later. Yeah, five days yeah, after the it robbery. Was pretty quick. They find his uh, body in a nearby lake, and this is what's really creepy and fucked up about oh, it. Dude, it's so frightening. The Just the reenactment is terrifying to watch. Yeah, and the actual chair itself. So they tied him to a chair um, that um, in turn was chained with cinder blocks, and he was thrown from a bridge. Yeah, so not so fun fact, the chair was actually from his house. Oh shit! They they took the chair from his house when they took him. So, so this was already all planned. So one thing they do know is that he was uh, definitely alive when he was thrown into the river. So he did drown. What they don't yeah. know if is is if he was conscious. So yeah, this is super messed up. Um, so what they're trying to figure out is if this was literally just a bank robbery where they didn't want any witnesses, or if he was killed or assassinated for some reason. Um, the, you know, he could have had enemies bent on revenge, I think is something they say. Um, he definitely could have made uh, some enemies in the business he was in because he did work at the Noel Bank in that city, which everybody would try to, uh, you know, get loans and help from. So so he made get enemies. Credit. Yeah, he made enemies denying loans and telling people they have bad credit and re- repossessing things and, you know, shit, things of that sort. Being a very stern and responsible bank manager, one of the witnesses or one of these guys tells us that he was friendly, definitely not outgoing, not a kiss ass. Oh, yeah. And then they, they, they say that they use a term, a backslapper? Backslapper. That, yeah, I, he wasn't I, a backslapper. He wasn't like that guy that you walk up into the office slapping on the back like, hey, Billy, like, how's it going? Yeah, How was your weekend? Yeah, I, I looked that up. But I, I that's the first. I thought backslapper was kind of kiss ass. I kind of just changed it to kiss ass in my brain because oh, no, there's someone who's kind of like. A, no, I looked it up too, and it's it's exactly what Dan said. They're very palatable. You know what I mean? Like Palatable? Yeah, like everyone wants to be your pal. Like you, you just have that. Palatable. That's not a word. <laughs> It is now, like, huge. It is today. Dan just coined it. Palable. It means that everybody just wants to be your pal. Yeah. A.K.A. the stack pack is very palable. <laughs> there you go. We just we just started a new term. Hashtag palable. So he wasn't a backslapper. He wasn't the guy that, that over, I don't know, overly friendly, right? I don't know. Yeah, right. he wasn't, like, he, he was, like, friendly enough to be, like, he was you a knew stern who he was, manager. and you would be cordial with him, but he wasn't that guy that you would go and, like, shoot the shit with out of the blue. Right. Water cooler talk with. He was not that Yeah, he wasn't boss. the cooler type. He lived eight miles out of town, and um, so... <laughs> In a scarcely populated area. That night, he had had a, he, that night he had a guest leave his home around 11. They don't specify on who. Hot day. Maybe a lady friend. Um, the popo, Maybe. the popo think that um, these guys might have ar- arrived anywhere from you know after eleven to closer to two, because they do know that they arrived at the bank at two a.m. They forced him to un- to you know turn off the alarm and unlock the doors, and they spray painted the security camera with black spray paint, and then they tr- they also turned it around very carefully. Didn't wear gloves, stuff. by the way. They left their fingerprints. Everywhere. Hey, hey. Oh, we, is that how don't... they got? Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know how they got caught. You guys have to tell me that story. I'm just sprinkling so. those. I'm just okay. sprinkling little details in. Right. They left their fingerprints just planting everywhere. Some seeds. Hey, okay. Hey, you know, 
if they can't see us, they can't visually prove that we are here, right? Yeah, that's 1989 logic. Yippee! Um, so seventy thousand dollars in in coins and money or whatever, like they said, there was a hundred thousand dollars in cash that Short definitely knew was there in the vault. Like he could have told them, "Hey, it's right there in that in that drawer or whatever," but he didn't. So that kind of right. that kind of led them to believe that he had nothing to do with this. I mean, even though this mm. is you know we know that his body's been found, that kind of ruled him out even more. Like you know, um, because he could have easily got them a hundred k more. So on their way out, the fucking guys shoot the camera like more than once, even though they've already right. blacked it out and turned it around. And neighbors actually hear that. Idiots. Really stupid. The next few minutes after that, there's like three um, – uh, a truck driver witnesses three uh, vehicles, one of which being his – one of his um, shorts pickup truck. He didn't really pay too much close attention to the vehicles just because it was late at night and um, – yeah, so they, they found Dan's pickup truck, and then um, the truck driver just drove by, didn't really notice anything by it. But the second vehicle was a blue pickup truck, and um, the blue pickup truck ended up following this truck driver, right? And uh, No, and what it is is the truck driver's coming up on an intersection, and he sees three vehicles at the stop sign following each other. It's a brown van, a pickup truck, and a blue pickup truck. And a blue pickup truck. The blue pickup truck... Um, turns left and ends up following the semi and then ends up overcoming him and the truck driver makes a statement of he's like oh yeah like he cut like me cutting off him short. off right yeah he's like yeah he, 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 he cut, cut him off, off. He, he, he like he switched on me short there's a weird way of saying cutting him off but yeah but he he said that he turned around he saw the guy's face like perfect and he was like a heavy set guy with a beard is what he says heavy beard have fat face fat neck <laughs> <laughs> just like all around fat all the fat <laughs> Dumb fat face, stupid fat beard, lots of fat hair, <laughs> fat neck. So the blue truck drives off away into the night. And then uh, upon further investigating, the truck driver, we come to discover, remembers seeing that same pickup truck and that same guy at a gas station a week before as he's just there casually filling up his own personal pickup truck. The blue one, right? Yeah, well, the truck driver. Oh, the truck driver. Yeah, oh, he's yeah. driving his own, like, tan Chevy. He's at the gas station pumping, and he sees a guy come out of the gas station and get into the blue pickup truck, and that's when he makes a comment. He's like, I remember being a blue, possibly a Ford with Oklahoma plates on it. And he said that, and he described him the exact the, same the way. The exact way, and he's like, I remember him being, like, a heavy set, very hairy, bearded guy. Lots of hair, fat, fat, Which fat. is pretty crazy. <laughs> Um, yeah, so they 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 think uh, when they're doing f- further investigating into Short's body, they discover that um, um, like this the way the chair was like made was pretty crude, um, which is an- another reason why they think he was probably unconscious when he was thrown in there. Right, because um, it was fragile. Yeah, it was like a fragile like chair. If, if he was like struggling enough, he could have wiggled out of there. Could it could have broken? Or uh, another thing that another. Another reason why they think he was probably unconscious is because he wasn't gagged at all. Um, oh. He didn't have anything over his face or anything like that. So they could have knocked – they just knocked him – presumably they knocked, knocked him out. Him out and, and lifted him over the bridge and – God, what a shitty way to die. Dude, ter- terrible. I mean, kind of shitty, kind of good. I mean, if he was unconscious, there's none of that suffering. It's just, you know – off into the darkness, if you oh, will. Oh, dude, no. That, uh, I'd much rather go that way than like, so, like being like aware, like, hey, I'm, I'm getting duct taped to a chair and I'm gonna fucking drown in about a minute and a half. This is awesome. Oh well, when you say it like that, yeah, no, it's still an awful way to die. But yeah, him being unconscious the whole time, I guess, is a little better. Anyways, um, so a witness actually saw this van on the bridge, but. Um, they said it sped away when they got close. They couldn't get plates or anything, but it was this brown van apparently. Yeah. So next we get a little, you know, of them speculating, right? Money laundering, drug deals, stumbled onto something shady he shouldn't have known about. Working at the bank, you know, maybe somebody's finances were a little weird and then he could have gotten murdered because of that. Or, you know, like we said, uh, you know, maybe he didn't give people... Maybe he repoed somebody's house or, you know. He, he did yeah, someone wrong and they got their vengeance. M- made some enemies. Yeah. But, you know, this is them, you know, speculating. 
And then, and then they talk about how they saw the truck. Uh, oh, that was just the one time where they saw the truck, right? Yeah. They saw the truck days before. Yeah, four days before the incident at a gas station. Um, but I forget that they mentioned that Short kind of thought that he was uh, being watched. And actually, yeah, that's that's what I was thinking about. Um, people in his neighborhood so said that they'd saw the the vehicle, the blue around. pickup truck, which you know definitely, like you said earlier, Eli. Good job. You were, you sprinkled another clue early in the segment where you said when you said that um, it was totally premeditated, beginning to end. You know, because they, they had been watching him and stuff like that. So. Do you want to go into the update? Yeah, yeah. You guys, you guys. I, I just know that they're, the the unsolved mysteries gave us two names, two brothers. Yeah. So they the, the brothers, the Agoski brothers. So apparently they were arrested and charged with robbery. Um, Agoski. Agoski. So shortly after the murder, uh, these guys just had huge mouths which is obviously their undoing. So Shannon and Joseph were the two brothers. Shannon, to me, it sounds like a girl's name, but I digress. To me? You mean to the world? <laughs> to everyone? <laughs> to everyone so on Shannon the planet Earth. Apparently was bragging to his friends that he was like the richest teenager in the world, right? The richest. Teenager? Um, yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah. in 1992, wait, wait, wait. the brothers uh, Shannon and Joseph are arrested and charged with robbery in Dan's murder. But shortly Dude. after the murder, Shannon was allegedly reported bragging to his friends that he was the richest teen in the county. Yeah, so these guys got caught because they left their fingerprints everywhere. So these brothers So had both like, of them were teens? I think uh, – uh, Joe was 22 and Shannon was 18. Oh shit! Okay. So they were they were young. Shannon was the younger one, but these guys left a terrible trail of of breadcrumbs <laughs> that led right to their fucking door. Right. So um, to start off up, with, yeah. So just just to start Is off, there a list. Uh, I, I think Joe was the brother that that just found people that robbed banks and were incar- incarcerated. Fascinating. He was just like fascinated by the fact that these – by people that rob banks. So they had this idea to go ahead and, and go through with this plan. So they kidnapped Dan Short. Uh, then they drove him the banker to the bridge and dumped his body. But yeah, they – so they – yeah, they weighed him down with a heavy tow chain and dropped him still alive into the lake. So fucked up. Yeah, and he, he went bragging. The reason they got caught is because he went bragging to – his they they ended up getting arrested for the for the uh for the robbery but they they weren't charged for his murder but the reason they got charged with the murder was because even before still they were going to go on trial uh one of them was bragging to another inmate and the inmate ended up coming forward and saying hey this is what happened like this guy told me and he even told him he said you can't be talking about stuff like that even before Especially before your court date. Like, yeah. you guys haven't even been sentenced yet. Yeah, and this guy was like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. And so he came forward because he said it was the right thing to do. And he basically told them all the details. He filled in all the holes. Yeah. And, and, and they it, let him. They, it was no, one of ahead. those things. It was one of those things, like, at first they didn't believe his story. And then he gave him a detail that was not um, publicized. And that yeah. was. Not only did they weigh him down with chain and brick or, or chain and cinder block, the chain they used was part of a chain hoist that they had gotten from a neighbor. Right. So, like, you know, as soon as he dropped that little bit of information, they're like, oh shit, like he's he's not bullshitting. He's he's telling. Yeah, they knew. He's telling the they, truth from a neighbor. They they so wait wait they took a ch- a a, ch- a chain hoist, so, which so they, is like a, a a piece of like manual machinery that is used to like lift something really heavy. But you use a chain to pull the the lifting mechanism. So they lowered him in like that. No, like that's yeah, what they, they used to to strap him down. To, is, to strap was, him down and to weigh him down, with to put the cinder block because you can't duct tape cinder block. You had to obviously, obviously chain the cinder block. Damn, these guys are dicks. Yeah. So, but yeah, like this guy was like bragging to a fellow inmate, and, and it's so funny because there's a, there's an, a news article. Let me see if I still have it brought up. Well, one of the things too was they were they ended up talking about the rush of drugs. 
So the reason that it came, it came up in conversation was because a bunch of inmates were talking about how the rush uh, they get while they're all fucking drugged up. Right. And then the, the brother ended up saying, well, it's, it's nothing compared to the rush of killing somebody. And that's when he goes into the story and talks about this. He's like, Hey, I want to be cool too. Let me tell like, you about nothing, something cool. He's like, you haven't felt the rush until you've killed someone. Just a dumb kid. God. Yeah. Idiots. So it was nothing like personal against short. It was just these. They wanted to rob a bank. They just wanted to rob a bank. God I don't know how they. Damn. They must have went in there and knew. Uh, so uh, you know. they probably like, they probably knew knew Daniel's or knew Mister Short knew the you know what I mean. So there's this news article on on Tulsa World. dot com and the, and the the headline is Shannon. Uh, how, how do you pronounce her last name? Agorski. Agofsky, there's an So, so Shannon Agofsky admitted he killed banker, comma, jury told. <clears throat> and the first line is, is Stillwater, a jailhouse snitch who was in prison with it's Shannon <laughs> Agofsky, testified Tuesday. I love how they, do, they start the line out, a jailhouse snitch. Yeah. So Shannon Agofsky was the, uh, was the, the younger murderer. brother. Yeah. Okay. And he's like, nothing's cooler than killing a guy. What a so uh, the, the, the jailhouse snitch is uh, Wayne Pennington. Jailhouse snitch, Wayne Pennington. Resident snitch. So there's that article. They ended up getting um, found guilty of their crimes of uh, ro- robbery. And uh, one of them got a uh, sentence for the murder. Both of them got life in prison. Uh, one of them uh, died of unknown circumstances in prison. Yeah, that was Joe. And the other one has recently been uh, sentenced to death row for killing a, a fellow inmate in 2001. Yeah, he bashed wow. his head in with his – he stomped him, right? Shannon? Yeah, yeah. Shannon fucking went all – What a sad life. That sucks. Yeah. And These two guys are going to rot. Well, one of them One dead, died the and, and the other one's going to – Definitely rot there. Definitely rot or die soon. Either or. Talk they, about not good people like – Did you say this guy had an ex-wife? But they didn't. They didn't mention any kids. Um, but yeah, that what a waste of life. That sucks. Uh, and what a waste of those guys' life because they were just dumb. Dude, and they could have robbed the bank without killing. Exactly, the, the like the it bank was just manager. so extreme. Like you could have just gone in with a note and been like, "I have a bomb. Give me some cash." Either way, they got caught, so it doesn't. You know. Yeah, but thinking I mean, about it now, it's like. Shit! Why'd you have to kill someone? Like you were gonna get caught. That, that's that's cool that you you told me like that you, you had the whole backstory because like I was telling David before we started recording, I was like I, I'm curious about the motive because like you know, yeah, they just no, they just wanted to, they just the guy said he was just fascinated by people who robbed banks and were incarcerated. He just he wanted to be that guy. I guess he lived out his dream. Shouldn't talk about small life goals. That's so weird. For real, like dream bigger, right? <laughs> I mean, I guess it's not really a small life goal. It's a dumb life goal because definitely, no, hundred percent. So now we get to talk about Nessie. Oh, but Nessie! Not Nessie. This is not Nessie. We're not in Scotland. We're in Canada, man. And we're talking about Ogopogo. You know, Ogopogo. You know, this one's, uh, this one's the unexplained there, and we're going up uh, to the Great North. Same difference. We're going up to the Great White North. Um, yeah, Canadian Loch Ness Monster, right? That's the best way to sum it up. Um, we're going to be talking about the sightings of the Ogopogo. Ogopogo. Um, Ogopogo. 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 Say that five times fast. The weird thing. Ogopogo, Ogopogo, Ogopogo. Ogopogo, Ogopogo, Ogopogo. That was three. Ogopogo, Ogopogo, Ogopogo. Ugabug, 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 ugabug. Uh, engines. <laughs> what makes the red man red? God, Peter Pan's racist. <laughs> the weird thing, the, uh, the way they kind of uh, ease you into this Loch Ness monster case is, they talk about how they th- some like scientists think that Loch Ness and some of these other areas have these like underwater channels that lead yeah. to the ocean, so these monsters can get from these lakes where they legendarily live at. And it's ocean? only in the same. It's only in the same hemisphere, right? Like the same same longitude band. Yeah, which makes no sense. Yeah, it's or weird. Latitude. I don't. Yeah, yeah. There, there's like this. <laughs> One of the tudes. It's like within a. It's it's within a man-made grid that was made by humans. 
um, of the Earth, longitude, latitude, southern, northern hemisphere. We're all familiar. Um, and they decide that on our man-made grid, in these where there's lakes in this little area, there's been lots of sightings of uh, Loch Ness monster and things similar to that. But then, but another th- funny thing is that they say that there's like over sixty sightings or whatever of of these creatures, but then they like focus on this one part. And I don't, th- I think it was in more these sightings were in more places than that one area. Oh yeah. Well, a, a little thing you don't know about about um, lake monsters is they don't like fucking in their homes, so <laughs> they only go out to see the mate. And they take secret underground tunnels. Secret tunnels. Secret tunnels. Secret. This one's Ogopogo or Pogi for short. Um, I just came up with that. I like it. Pogi. <laughs> um, what about Ogi? Pogi. Ogi Pogi. Ogo Pogi. Okay, no, yeah, it's ruined. It's just longer. <laughs> the can- the Canadians are are right now are being very upset, but in a very polite way. <laughs> oh, I don't like this. That's not right there, eh? But okay, if that's what you want to do, okay, eh? <laughs> <laughs> that's you know that's pretty rude there but you know i already started listening it'd be rude to stop listening to the episode now <laughs> i'm no i'm sorry dave that's perfect <laughs> <laughs> um so so we're fo- but we're fo- like we said we're focusing in on canada for this uh story of a loch ness like type creature and we're going to be talking about um um lake Okanag- Okanagan. Okanagan. We're talking about Lake Okanagan that is uh, located in um, the province of uh, British Columbia. Um, yeah, we're also going to be talking about lots of beavers, eh? Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's in the province of BC, eh? That's what I wrote on the fucking... I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> Vancouver, BC, eh? Um, I'm sorry. Lots of uh, beavers and fruitcake, eh? <laughs> <laughs> You know, I don't quite. You know, I'm not a big fan of that their uh, fruitcake, but <laughs> throw some maple syrup on there and it'll be pretty darn good. She had the best tasting fruitcake, I ought to say, eh? <laughs> so, so Lake Okanagan <laughs> has this long storied history of weird sight of weird sightings of sea mysterious sea creatures. <laughs> you, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, is it really a sea creature though? I mean, it's in a lake. It's more like a lake creature. Take but they back. have channels, Dan. There's secret They're channels from Dan. Loch Ness. <laughs> so There's, it's like the dark web. You keep, don't know. Keep up. There's secret channels. <laughs> so 300 years of sightings, um, and this is a three mile long lake that is up to 800 feet in some places. So the, the local Native Americans, I updated that for our proper nomenclature of PC there 2018. You go. Thank you. The local Native Americans apparently called this creature Nataka or the Lake Demon. But the more contemporary locals, I guess, uh, just... Uh, just call him Pogi. They just call him Ogopogo or Pogi. We're going to call him Pogi for short because yeah. that's cute. That is cute. And there's a baby one too. A baby Pogi? <laughs> there's an adult one and a baby one. Uh, sorry, guys. There's a lot to get to and we're very excited to bring it to you. So the town folks of the town around Lake Okanagan give us uh, their accounts of when they've seen it. And there's one guy who says he saw it in um, 1937 Skidoo. Like he said that they they saw it um, when he was a young man, and he was they were all just convinced that it was definitely the Ogopogo. Um, next, I want to point out the, uh, the the person that I connect with most on this episode is the uh, the little Canadian boy explaining how he saw. Oh. O- Ogopogo and his other friend yeah. keeps trying to talk and then he keeps talking over him. I, I feel for that friend. I know how he feels. <laughs> yeah, I feel. I'm sorry, guys. I, feel, I like. I was like, look, it's like me. Dan's like, that's me. That's that's little me talking over my my little Rodan and my big bad vinyl dad friend <laughs> that are trying to talk about Ogopogo. Um, I my notes say scared virgins, scared. <laughs> Scared virgin. What scared virgin? My notes for these boys says scared virgin Canadians in a canoe. <laughs> that's that's probably pretty accurate, actually. Because they do say that how like that they saw the creature and they were like they were like oh fuck that like let's get out of here. We're, they were just in a canoe. They were like freaked out. So, so have you had sex, little boy? No, I've never penetrated a woman I've never, or a girl. I've never penetrated a woman. Scared virgins. <laughs> What would be even funnier is if when they 
when they were being interviewed, instead of their names, it just said, or or maybe it said their instead names. Instead of witness, it's a scared, scared virgin. virgin. Scared virgin Canadians in a canoe. <laughs> <laughs> just that all that long. D- oh man, I wish we, we got to find that font, like the 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 font that they use for the their. <laughs> oh man. So these these anyways these poor kids that were like that were fucking dunking on hard just like fucking being real harsh to I'm sure they're, they're probably good teens they're probably good I'm good sure they teens. grew up to be nice fellows um but but true they're, gentlemen and and also everyone else um pretty much says the same thing about like these kind of long uh uh serpent serpent like humps that are like coming out of the water like it's a long creature you know you just see like My humps my like, lovely like, serpent humps. My, my ogie pogie humps. <laughs> ogie, ogopogo. Pogie oh, for short. My, oh, no. Ogie pogie. <laughs> that is way cuter. That's what the little one is. <laughs> um, yeah, anyways. Yeah, so like, just like these, these humps that they, would see in the, that they would see in the water. They show us three films that are, are apparently this creature. The first film, you see like that weird dark object in a water that's like... Mad blurry mass, you know, like yeah. There was no HD quality here. Yeah, what, it just straight up looked like a log. I mean, you know how like you see you see something, you're like, that's pretty. And even with like our new technology, the iPhone picture just doesn't look the same as like what you're looking at right now. True, I, I get that. It's like that, but like times a trillion. <laughs> yeah, because this guy was seeing something in the water, but it literally looks like a floating uh, log. Yeah, yeah, like a floating piece of wood or something um and they think and they say that the color changes which means that it's like wiggling around i guess like getting deeper and then getting closer to the oh yeah know, that's to just the surface you know, of the water that's just a wooden log bobbing in the water kind of like a, a bobbin when you go fishing it, it doesn't just sit there on the top it bobs up and down in and out yeah no it was definitely um totally pogo-pogo. a log Totes. Totes Ag- uh, agree to disagree. Anyway, so next we see <laughs> next we see a second film of these vacationers. Um, this guy says that he just happened to have his video camera on him, and he took this video, which looks like nothing to me. It just looks like ripples, logs. Like it just no. This doesn't even look like raw logs. It just looks like what does it look like? You, remember, you know what I'm talking. You remember the second? Yeah, it kind of looks like like a, a ripple in the water. That's all it really looks. Yeah, like. Yeah, the second video, Kins, maybe. Yeah, yeah. It it looks like a rip. Yeah, it just looks like like a wake. Yeah, like the, that's the one with the beaver. Is no, no, that's no, that's third? not the beaver one yet. Oh, okay, then that's not Kins. The this is it's a the one that one. looks like crap. It just looks like um, something is agitating the water slightly. It's dumb. Yeah. Like a wave or a ripple. Yeah, or a exactly. Wave. Could be anything. Could be anything. And then we meet Arlene Gal, Ogopogo researcher. <laughs> yes. This girl, this gal, this gal is my favorite. This she loves gal. <laughs> this Arlene Gal. What a fucking hoot, Arlene. Um, but she says that, um, um, that that blurry thing uh, compared to how the trees are, that um, this is a – they're looking at a creature between 40 and 60 feet long. And they and she says that these two creatures between um, in these first two videos are definitely very close to the same size, and mm-hmm. she's like, "It's definitely a sea creature, guys. Trust me." And then there's a third tape, which is a little bit more high tech or just a better yeah. video. This this one is what, what I'm what I was talking about the Ken Kaplan video. He was out like with his family, and he was just had his video camera out, and all yeah. of a sudden saw this movement in the water so he decided to film and uh he gets it swimming kind of like in a in a direction and then all of a sudden it turns directions and all of a sudden he sees the tail slap the water and he's like the tail coming up has never been it's impossible to slap with with the, the head, head being out, out of the water. He says him and his dad were sitting there watching this and he says that his dad said he's like I think if a man got hit with that tail he it'd kill him and they kind of yeah. looked at each other and agreed. And you yeah. look at the video it, it it it's small. It doesn't look fucking 70 feet long or 50 no, feet long. No, it looks tiny. It looks long. way it looks smaller. It's like a fucking beaver. It does. Yeah, it does <laughs> look like a beaver. It does. They said that they said that this one was like they they were they were estimating 15 feet long. And it does look like a small beaver, but at the same time, it is like a close-up of just water. 
You know, it, I, it's true. kind of hard to tell what the shape would be with nothing around it to compare it to. You know what I mean? But at the same time, that's why it could totally it could totally be a ridiculous fake. Right, right, right. But my favorite part is when they get the expert out and he's like, I'm going to have to tell these assholes about fucking beavers. And he's like, he brings out. Like, Do I really have to explain to these people what fucking beavers are? He's like, so we go to this like quick two or three minute. A cutaway. He's like, look, this is a picture of a beaver and it's an exact mirror image of the one that he got. So in my mind. What he got was a beaver. <laughs> like, and then Robert Stack's like, well, Ken said that um, the head was up and the tail wasn't. And in this picture of a beaver, the head is like on its way down or it's not up. It's like it's parallel the to surface. the It's parallel to the surface of the water. Yeah. yeah bullshit. It's so, a beaver. It's a beaver. It's or, either actually, a beaver no. or a lake otter, man. I think – and Dan and I kept saying this, but I don't know if lakes have eels, but it did. They do. They do. If it was a little serpenty, man, t- dude. Yeah, eel, for sure. Delicious sushi. That's my favorite type of sushi. Actually, yeah. Dan and I always bust out the the eel because it's like, because it's like raw. You know, sushi's well, it's smoked. It's delicious. Yeah, then, it's then raw toasted. fish, but the best part of the eel is that it's smoked. You know, so it has like it's a. It's like so kind good. of like cheating. Smoky. It's cured. Cured and smoky, smoked. Smoky eel. Oh yeah. Mm. Mm. That's a good, uh, mm, pokey, a pokey, you're so tasty. <laughs> Can I have your ogopogo roll? It's <laughs> 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 too funny. Mm. Um, that's good. Do you think Robert stacked like sushi? I, I think he. I, don't I, know. I, I think he was more of like just a meat and tater kind. I of think guy. I, I would. I would even go as far to say maybe even like a well done steak guy. Like he seems like a very like. <laughs> <laughs> well done steak. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Can I get your Can I get your porterhouse? Uh, well done. Well done. I don't know. Can I get the filet mignon? Well done, please. I want it chewy as fuck. <laughs> uh, the primary... no blood. So they're they're like fuck you. Um, that is definitely not a beaver because what we saw was slithery and green. <laughs> yeah, that's what they said. They said they had no hair. Okay, it could have been they... an otter caught up in lake weed or seaweed or some type seaweed. of like. Would you call it lake weed because it's in a lake <laughs> instead of a sea? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Like, they did like just you... say lake otter instead of sea otter. Which... I, live in a, no. <laughs> I live in a desert, all right? I live in a desert. Anyone familiar with the, the aquatic? Beautiful country. Landlocked, but beautiful country. <laughs> if, if anyone's familiar with water... Um, could you? Is it still called seaweed if it's in a lake? No, that's lake weed, just like the lake otter <laughs> instead of the sea otter. I think it's very clear with with the with the unsolved mysteries rules. It's definitely lake weed, and I'm smoking right now pipe weed. <laughs> <laughs> Here's my final synopsis. It was uh, it was the two the two virgins shaved a beaver and threw him <laughs> in the, back in the lake. Which made him green, and they made up their whole story because they wanted to get they wanted to get on unsolved mysteries and yeah. get a bunch of girls, so they were no longer virgins. Oh, how about the thing where they were talking like? <laughs> the, the, did you guys enjoy like the mythological scene? They were like, it dates back to to like the the native. Oh, I forgot uh, to mention that. Yeah, the Native Americans used to like. Not, well, would they be considered native? Well, yeah, yeah, I yeah. Mean, it is the Americas. So, oh yeah, yeah. native or actually um, indigenous um, people. No, no. If you want to get if you want to get technical in Canada, they call them First Nations. Okay, so the the, oh. the, the, P, the PC term for Native Americans for them is First Nations. So the first, which I nations. guess means is they lived there before. First. Right, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so 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 I the think, first nation. I'm like I'm like ninety percent sure used on that. to sacrifice small animals, and, and during the reenactment, they show like these two uh, first nationers, like canoeing out into the middle of the lake with like this dog that's just like well, not sacrificing, but they would like offer it to the sea beast. <laughs> oh, they call them aboriginals, Naitaka or Lake Demon. I guess it says Aboriginal since 1990. The indigenous people in Canada, the term Aboriginals people in Canada is used for all indigenous peoples oh. within the country. Oh, okay. First Nations in Canada, an indigenous American Indian community officially recognized okay, so you're both right, as right. an administrative unit by the federal government or functioning such as 
So I guess that's just like the official. I guess both okay. of them are okay. So for the I, Aboriginal fine. slash First Nations, <laughs> we're not hurting anybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The fact that we're bending backwards to to not like offend anybody is says a lot. Like, <laughs> so yeah, like it was so funny because like that shot, like the dogs there just smiling, grinning. Wait, wait, I don't, I didn't notice the animal that they took. I just remember them kind of going out there in a canoe. It's just, it, it's of, like a, the, it's like a old. dog. Just like just standing. a dog, yeah. It's like a dog in the middle of a like a canoe, just like with like an awesome shit eating grin, and like, yeah, I'm on the water. It's like so. What <laughs> so what do they what do they do? They throw it in, and then the monster no, it just presumably it, eats it. I, I don't know. It, it was like when they were talking about the uh, an animal, like, a small animal offering. It yeah. just does like a two second clip of like two people in like uh, native garb with in a canoe with like a dog, like just like. Going for a ride in the middle. So Arlene Gall, um, researcher on the Ogopogos, um, says, if you want to think it's a beaver, you're wrong. <laughs> and then she says, in all probability, that's a miniature Ogopogo. And she says that it's very – she's not kidding. She she Matter believes what she says. God bless you, Arlene Gall, or whatever deity you – Whatever. <laughs> she fucking worships Ogopogo. Um, so <laughs> can somebody give me the up- you wanna give me the update music real quick again, Eli? <laughs> so update Canada officially declared in, uh, the Ogopogo an endangered species and it is illegal to kill them. It's a felony. And let me tell you the reasoning. They're just like, oh, you know, you know, oh, just in laughing, case it's but... just in case it's real, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know, because a lot of people really do believe, and we don't want to be rude. Um, <laughs> oh, I don't want to clown on Canada too hard. <laughs> we have, <laughs> that's funny. Speaking of, we got so many listens in Canada this week. <laughs> yeah, I was like trying to remember, like, if I went anywhere and like talked about our podcast. Um, I went to this one place. I can't remember where we recorded, but like I was talking about, like afterwards, I was going to go to uh, the judges' room or the judges' chambers. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember. You. So I went there, and it was dead as fuck. Like everyone on my crew had already moved on to passing out or doing Aww. other things. Yeah. So I walked in, and this bar was dead. It was just like me, uh, this couple, and the bartender. And uh, I walked in, and they were discussing uh, whether um, Kevin Smith was a good director or or not. That's funny. And so, like, we talked about answer our, yes. He's we we we, <laughs> we we talked about our podcast for a little bit, and I, I was hoping they were listening or that <clears throat> would have sparked some interest. Maybe. Well, um, but I don't remember what city that was. We have a hundred so play, hundred eleven plays in Canada this week, and seventy five plays in Winnipeg. It's our top city right now. I haven't been to Hell Winnipeg yeah. yet. Good. 75 plays in Winnipeg, so thanks a lot. I also want to give a shout-out to SoundCloud user 246994654. Oh, awesome binge, man. <laughs> wow. Awesome. You know, it's because, you okay, rocked it. let me explain. Our SoundCloud is, uh, our podcast is hosted on SoundCloud, and we get stats, but never like this. Like, this, per- this, this person, whoever you are, thank you, like, this person is listening to an episode and liking it right after, like, or, or that's what it seems like. Maybe it's a bot. I don't know. Yeah, it's probably a bot. Maybe a bot. No, they they go to sleep because sometimes there's like there's like an eight hour gap between likes. Yeah, bot sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I know they go to the this robot sleeps. But I just want to give a shout out to user two four six nine nine four six five four for uh, binging the episode this week. We love you and thank you so much for listening to us. Yeah, um, awesome. <laughs> I just it's like I've never been able to track it in such real time. Whether you're a bot or not. <laughs> if you're a bot, even better. It's 2018. Free love. So yeah, it's another great episode of the Stack Pack. Uh, thanks so much to Unsolved Mysteries, Robert Stack. Thank you, me. Thanks, David. Thanks, Dan. Thank you, Dan. Rodan. Thank you so much, Eli. Yeah. Thank you, user 246994654. And um, <laughs> Perfect. we'll see you next week. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. What are we talking about next week, Eli? Well. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, we're talking about a, f- a, a few curious cases, I like to call them. So uh, the first one, we're, g- we're going to be tracking down the leader of a vicious cocaine gang who has vanished. We're going to talk about two teenage boys 
who went on a sadistic spree of violence that left people dead in two different states over an 11 hour period. So no, so some more like teen murder shit. Some teen violence. Yeah. An unusual case of kidnapping of a 10 week old baby by two teenage girls. And last but not least, we're going to be talking about my personal favorite, the sweetheart swindler. Ooh, we haven't had one of these guys in a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Stealing, their, stealing them girls' hearts and stealing their money. Damn. All right. That's a bunch of good stuff to look forward to. Um, I'm not going to lie. I looked into this uh, baby kidnapping, the, the 10 week old. Ooh. I watched that one already. It's good. It's and good. There's nothing. No, there's there's a lot. I've looked into it. Really? I couldn't find any. Well, I just looked on the Unsolved Mysteries wiki. Oh, shit. No, 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 no. They, uh, they, they, they hire a private investigator, and they find out some stuff about the baby. So, uh, and, and the girls. It's going to be a good one. Wow. Damn. Okay. Sweet. So, um, tune in next week for uh, Season 2, Episode 18. It's going to be our... Uh, we're only going to have one more after that until the end of Season 2. It's a short season for Unsolved Mysteries. Um, and we'll have a special uh, bad movie that you guys can all join in and watch with us on YouTube that we're going to watch together. I don't know. I've never seen it. It might not be bad. I don't know. Um, it might be great. Yeah. We never. We don't know. But anyways, um, yeah, hang out with us next week. Uh, we're... Um, you know the name of the podcast the stack pack on twitter instagram and facebook we have a lot of fun on instagram uh shoot us a comment uh we, talk to us um we always like to know that people are listening it's good fun uh our personal handles are i'm at davy how d-a-v-y-h-l-w and i'm road underscore dan and i'm big bad vinyl dad and for every mystery there's someone somewhere who knows the truth Perhaps that someone is listening. And perhaps, perhaps that someone is you.